0: Welcome, brothers and sisters in Christ, to SJEN TV presents Men on a Mission. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Zeke. Welcome to the program. have a very special treat today, a man who's truly on a mission, uh, so much so that uh, it's truly been ordained by God. So stay tuned. I'll be right back and introduce you to our special guest. Welcome back to the program. I am your host, Bob Zeke. I am thrilled to welcome to the program today Reverend Alexander Nord. Father Nord, welcome to the program. It's good to be here, Bob. Okay. Well, as as with all the programs we've done, we always try to set the table for uh, our listeners, our viewers, a little bit about our guests. So Father, it all starts from the beginning why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you've been, a man on a mission? Sure. So uh, my begins with my family. So I'm the fourth of six
1: children, uh, Paul and Mary Nord. Uh, and we all start with A. So we got Aaron, Adam, Abraham, and then myself, Alexander, and then my younger brother and sister, Anthony and Audrey. And uh, from that young age then, you know, big, happy family uh, and My parents, in terms of my mission from God, my parents helped me with that by uh, making sure always to take us to Sunday Mass. I don't think we ever missed a Sunday Mass. Perhaps if it was, uh, you know, maybe if we were all sick or something, but I can't recall ever missing a Sunday Mass. So they really gave me a strong foundation in that regard. And, um, you know, growing up, I had a lot of examples of what to do and what not to do from my brothers. I did a lot of what I should do in a family, but I also did a lot of what I shouldn't do in a family. Um, so you
0: have, so. is it three older brothers or two older brothers? Three
1: older brothers, a younger okay. brother and a younger sister.
0: All right. Yeah. So I know how, uh, I know what it's like to be the l- the little brother. So uh, I can appreciate you uh, talking about that.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I, I, when I, when I like to pretend like I have a chip on my shoulder, I'd say I'm the Second middle child. I didn't even get to have the middle child spot to myself. So, <laughs> like, unlike Abraham, he had
0: the middle child spot
1: at least for a little while. So I got
0: you. So your your parents are both uh, cradle Catholics or practical Catholics, shall we say? Mm-hmm. They raised you. They brought you up into the faith. And uh, how was your uh, your childhood? Uh, the formation they set you on. Did you go to Catholic school? Well, uh, so, how did that go? Mm-hmm, yeah, so. Um, my upbringing I guess was a little different in two
1: key ways and that would be um, first of all we did not have a TV growing up and that there's a story behind that uh, but then we also um, my mom and dad decided to homeschool us for the most part. Uh, I think one year I went to a Catholic grade school um, when my mom had been homeschooling for a while and she thought well let me try out this Catholic grade school she'd heard about but ultimately they decided to continue homeschooling after that one year so uh, homeschooled through all of grade school, um, and then went to DeSmet Jesuit High School uh, in, in St. Louis uh, for high school. But, yeah, so homeschooled and no TV growing up in the household. Now, I said there was a story with the no TV. You know, growing up, I had always thought, you know, just kind of just assumed it was to shelter us, you know, not let us, you know, get corrupted by TV or, you know, make us do something more useful with our time than watch TV. Uh, I, you know, and that was a benefit. But I found out later that the real reason was that uh, earlier, in, early in their marriage, um, my dad would get, you know, come home from a long day at work or school and um, sit down and just kind of veg out in front of the TV. And my mom decided that's not why she got married was to watch my dad watch TV. Uh, so she kind of gave him an ultimatum, and that's and then my dad, as my dad puts it, he made the smartest decision of his life. So, so there, the no TV in the household was more of a uh, marital thing than a. Uh, how to raise the kids thing, but it, it worked out well for us. I grew up reading lots and lots of books now To be fair the books. I read were science fiction and fantasy, so um, You know, I don't know how much uh, Education I got from them, but at least I have a large vocabulary if nothing else
0: so you uh, then you go to Integrated that from the home school environment then into the high school environment where it was an all-boys school mm-hmm. uh, What was that like going for you to all of a sudden come out of the house? home and now you're incorporated with this large group of of uh, raging hormone boys Mm,
1: yeah well I mean it it was fine Uh, I had some experience with other boys I was involved in the Boy Scouts for a long time so um, but I will say there was a little bit of a a a hiccup in that again the Boy Scouts was kinda meant to be my socialization group but as it happened it just so happened that kinda everyone my age and like up to two years younger and two years uh, older all kind of quit not all at the same time it wasn't like a protest or anything it was just you know they just kind of drifted away into sports or whatever and so so the boy scouts really wasn't great avenue to you know be making those uh, friendships and so uh, i will say in high school you know i got along fine I, i really enjoyed the academics and i enjoyed my friends at high school but i didn't really have close friends in high school you know we i didn't really do much with them other than just kind of, you know, hang out with them in school, maybe before school, after school. So um, that's kind of key to my vocation story uh, because I think that's why then God did not call me into seminary right out of high school. You know, I, uh, DeSmet helped me uh, grow in my faith uh, in kind of two key ways, and really it's my dad as well as part of that, is that the Jesuits always did Mass right before school, uh, early in the morning. I, I can't remember if it was 6 a.m. or 6.30 and my dad would be going to that early Mass. He dropped me off, and, and then he would go to Mass. And I don't know if it was junior or senior year, I decided, well, why, why not just go with him to Mass? I had been using that time to maybe do a little homework or, you know, just not, not using the time very well anyways. And so I uh, decided to start going to daily Mass with my dad. So that was really an a opportunity for growth. And they also had these different retreats that helped kind of um, help me to move from that Uh, you know, kind of obediently following my parents' faith to actually having a little bit more of that uh, personal connection. I mean, obviously, I had a personal connection. I remember as a child praying for world peace, and so I definitely knew how to pray as a child, but it just helped me kind of make it a little bit more my own. When you're in that teenage phase, you need to, you know, you need to be doing things, you know, because it's my choice and whatnot. So um, so that really helped uh, those retreats at the Smet. So uh, even while I was at the Smet, people would be asking me if I wanted to become a priest— uh, because my oldest brother, Aaron, Father Aaron Nord, is a priest now, and he was pretty far along in the seminary when I was at the Smet. So, they uh, again, they would ask me if I was going to be a priest like my brother. Um, myself being very literal-minded and, again, maybe slightly sl- socially awkward, I, I would just kind of say maybe, because, like, I don't know the future. Do you know the future? Maybe <laughs> I will be a priest. Sure. No one knows the future. sure. But I didn't I don't know if I really seriously considered it. At the same time, I did have that benefit, you know, in discernment in that I knew what it looked like at least to be in seminary. Um I knew my brother was happy there. Um and I we had visited him at the seminary too. So it wasn't like some mysterious thing that That's you That's know, the was very, Archdiocese and seminary. The Archdiocese and seminary, Kendrickland right. Seminary. Yep, he's a priest here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Okay. So, uh yeah, so I knew uh again it wasn't scary i you know, I could imagine myself doing that um but it was kind of a, a very theoretical type thing and same same thing about marriage you know i I saw my parents uh you know very happily married um you know I was aware of divorce my both my grand both grandparents on both my sides were divorced so but again, I saw it as like okay it is uh you know it's a happy reality so, so it's like i kind of you know, you know i was open to either one but not really. Uh, really attracted to either one now uh, so uh, part of that then was because in in high school at an all boys high school um it was uh you know i i did, wasn't involved in things like theater or other places where you might meet uh women meet girls, and uh, I uh was again also I am just introverted, and also then coming out of ho- home school, I wasn't really involved in the social service right. much, which is right. probably a good thing right. um and so So, in high school, then, I wasn't really, I didn't have a strong attraction either for marriage or for priesthood. I'd gone on a vocation retreat, um, but it just, it didn't seem like I had a really strong calling. So, I decided after high school, very practically, to go to Truman State University because I had a full ride there. So, I could get a good education for free. That was an academic full ride. Yeah, academic full ride. Good, could get a good education for free. So, that was kind of a, a, uh, you know, something that was on my mind. My dad had taught me the value of money, uh, kind of the, the vivid example of that was we wanted, us kids wanted like a soda at the pool, and he was like, no, we're not doing that because it was like $1.50 for a little six ounce cup, styrofoam cup of soda, bad for the environment too. And, uh, and so instead he said, you know, if you wait till afterwards, then on the way home I'll get you some soda. And then he showed us kind of, again, you pay for a convenience on the way home. He bought us each like a two liter bottle of soda for 80 cents or something. So yeah, yeah. I kind of learned, okay, money has a value and it. You know, where you choose to spend it matters. So, so at any rate, I was concerned about, you know, making good use of my parents' money. They had, you know, they were willing to pay for college. They had paid for an expensive college for a couple of my older brothers. But I was just concerned like, okay, why not get a good education for free? It was hard, hard to argue with that. Plus... I had also considered, where am I, how am I going to grow in my faith in college? Because again, already in high school now, I had begun making personal choices for my own faith. So I thought about that as well. Uh, but my oldest brother, again, Aaron, Father Aaron now, but he had gone to Truman and I knew that they had a good active Newman Center there. So I'm like, okay, I'll be able to grow in my faith there even though it's a public university. So um, that's uh, kind of how I uh, decided to go to Truman and I think that was part of God's plan. I don't think it was me avoiding God's call to the seminary because, again, I was a very much, uh, you know, kind of introverted, uh, somewhat, you know, socially (laughs) uh, uh, awkward, perhaps. And so uh, going to Truman, then that's where I really, I met friends who I'm still very close friends with now, and also got to really become friends with uh, uh, wonderful women. And so uh, finally, I, I kind of saw the actual value of married life in a personal way, not just kind of an abstract. Oh, I could get married sometime, but uh, I saw that that could be uh, something that would really be a good thing to do. What was your major in college? Uh, I studied math and physics, yeah, and so uh, uh, definitely was very busy academically again i had no uh, really decision to do anything with
0: seminar. I kind of decided not to at that time. What were you thinking? Uh... You're going to use those sciences in the secular world.
1: Yeah, I mean, the most likely thing I would have studied more physics, gotten a, a doctorate in physics, and uh, gone on to teach. That would have been kind of general idea. I hadn't really made concrete plans. So, um, so, uh, but at any rate, at Truman, at the Newman Center, it's where I developed some really strong uh, Christian Catholic friendships, and um, through those friendships, I again discovered a real desire for marriage, uh, but also I discovered a real desire to help my friends get to heaven. And so what was just kind of a theoretical, oh, I could become a priest, I could become married, instead became a very concrete uh, desire for uh, each of those things. But obviously, again, they're kind what, of a competing what was, desire.
0: On that particular point, it's interesting, what was the motivation behind that to feel that desire to want to make sure that people get to heaven? Was it just because the, the your spirit your own spiritual depth had grown, so the value of the soul was something you realized? what was the motivation that uh, got you thinking a lot about that well, so I, I put it in terms of helping people get to heaven, but really, I suppose
1: it's more helping people to know the faith and to know Jesus better even here now here on earth, okay um, again, the ultimate goal is heaven, but uh, part of the desire there was that I saw how my life was benefiting greatly from my love for god um, and yet uh, my friends although all of them uh very well-meaning very good people yet i saw that they they just didn't have the knowledge of the faith like i had um just as an example there was a uh an old dusty board game we found in the newman center called the game of catholic trivia and uh I would go against the the entire other room. Again, many of them had gone to Catholic high schools, so probably the only difference was my parents homeschooling me in the faith. Um, but uh, through grade school, but I would I would go against the entire other room, and uh, the, the entire room, everyone else in the room, and, and I would win until they realized that half the answers were just yes. It, was, it wasn't a very good game of trivia. <laughs> you know, it was kind of a doll, and that again they would. It would have this elaborate question about some encyclical by some pope, and then the answer would just be yes; would be the correct answer. So it wasn't <laughs> okay. a very well designed; it didn't have great game design. But again, that's just one example. Really, what I what I was seeing is that uh, I had been given a great uh, foundation of the faith by my parents, um, and, uh, and again, it was a source of great strength for me, great encouragement to me, and uh, my friends. Who again, these are my friends I'm making through the Newman Center. They're choosing to come to the Newman Center rather than some other fraternity or some other social group. So, again, they're choosing to actively live out their Catholic faith, and yet in many ways um, they were less able to do that because perhaps they weren't uh, taught as well. And so that's where that desire came from, is this desire to uh, kind of share what I knew and what I uh, not only knew from being taught, but also knew from experience about Jesus uh, with my friends at the Newman Center. Um, It also, though, again, part of this dynamic, I think why God called me to the Newman Center was to both fully confront, you know, kind of what I'd be giving up in terms of celibacy, fully understand kind of how good that could be, uh, how good marriage could be, uh, but also to develop these friendships where I saw it as kind of an expanding the boundaries of love. So I had a very deep love for my family, uh, but in terms of people outside my family, I did not really have a deep love for them. Uh, until uh, again through the friendships at the Newman Center, uh, friendships based on Catholic faith. That's when that you know I I included some of my friends as brothers and sisters. That's when that that's where again I, in a real practical way I learned that the expression brothers and sisters in Christ isn't just some you know flippant thing you can say, doesn't this right. phrase, right. but it, I understood what it meant in kind of that emotional way that that even though we weren't brothers from the same parents, we were brothers and sisters. Uh, in our love for each other, a love rooted in our love for Christ. And so uh, so that's kind of, I think, why God wanted me there at the Newman Center rather than seminary right away out of high school, because I was kind of open to the idea of seminary after high school, but because I didn't have any sort of special attraction to it, I thought, well, maybe I better just go where it's free and uh, get a good education that way. And, and I loved physics and, and math, and so uh, that seemed like kind of a normal, natural thing to do.
0: So did you come in a crossroads point in your life then where... Uh, in the back of your mind, you're thinking about you could potentially go on academically speaking, seeking out a PhD teaching role uh, versus uh, maybe a tug back and forth about looking at, at uh, giving your life over to the Lord. How did that all evolve then? So uh, I'll say that basically
1: um, I was just happy, kind of growing in my faith doing the college thing, you know, um, studying all that, and... Uh, until maybe about halfway through, um, by then, I had kind of I've been kind of actively discerning God's call, trying to figure out what he wanted me to do. But by then, I'd gotten, gotten impatient. Basically, it hadn't become any clearer to me as to whether I should you know, explore the priesthood or married life. And so out of that impatience, and again, I'm not saying this is a good thing to do, but out of that impatience, I basically told God, uh, okay, since it's not clear to me as what you want me to do, then you know, just, you know, redirect me if I go wrong, but I'm just going to kind of choose a path that I want to follow. Of course, I said that because I wanted to more uh, follow the, uh, the natural path of, of marriage. And so um, that's kind of, I was at a crossroads, and I kind of took the wrong turn for a little bit. And, um, uh, but God did redirect things, uh, probably a good thing. You know, I had the experience uh, while I was um, kind of in the process of all this of seeing someone who I admired, discern the priesthood, but they were in a relationship. And I just saw how kind of difficult that was for both of them, but especially for uh, the woman he was, you know, kind of uh, breaking up with to, in order to be, go become a priest. You know, it's kind of, I've seen that now multiple times and it's really kind of rough because normally if if, if a guy uh, breaks up with you because he's dating some other girl, well, then you can kind of justifiably get mad or whatnot. But if he breaks up with you to go, you know, date God essentially, then it's kind of like you can't even get mad. And so <laughs> it kind of makes it hard to, you know, move on. But right. um, at any rate, again, I was kind of friends with both of them. So I saw kind of how hard that could be. So so in hindsight, I'm just very thankful to God that n- there's no relationship that ever got, you know, that kind of closeness to it. Yeah. So uh, so thankfully, uh, that was the case. Um, and so what what, ha- what it took then was more than just, you know, doors being shut, but actually, Um, he uh, intervened in my life in a more dramatic, direct kind of way, caught my attention. He didn't tell me, go be a priest. He didn't tell me, go enter seminary. But uh, in prayer, I received something. And again, it wasn't my usual prayer experience that kind of helped me wake up to this possibility again of becoming a priest. And um, still, although it had kind of a priestly connotation to it, uh, I kind of asked him for another sign, you know, to make it even more clear. And so, um, uh, but I, 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 so I kind of continued on the same for a little bit. That was, uh, that experience in prayer happened the end of my junior year, towards the end of my junior year. So, um, so, uh, so that kind of, kind of woke me up to it. Uh, that, that June, the summer after my junior year, I really didn't want to go back to the job I had prior. It was a really good job. A friend got me, a friend's dad got me and. It was, uh, you know, really high-paying job for a summer job. You know, 40 plus hours a week, but I just found it not fulfilling at all, and I wasn't super good at it. I was adequate. They didn't, you know, I they didn't fire me, and I was welcome back. But, you know, I didn't I didn't have the excitement of being really good at it either. So, so it was a job that, uh, you know, again, just didn't really satisfy. And so I didn't want to go back there. But then at the same time, it's like if I did any other job. It wouldn't really, you know, be like, what am I doing? Like, I can make a lot, a lot more money at, the, uh, at the, the prior job. And so, um, and then I procrastinated, a, a vice of mine. And so I hadn't, you know, uh, it worked into any kind of research opportunity or something like mm-hmm. that in physics. So so I decided I didn't want to work, and I didn't need to. I had a full ride, and again, my plan had been to go on uh, with physics, uh, studying physics in grad school. And when you do that with the hard sciences, the, you teach while you are studying. And so generally, again, you don't have to take out a lot of debt to go to get a PhD in physics or something like that. So, um, so I didn't have to work. I had a nice nest egg saved up. I wasn't paying anything for college, wouldn't be you know, going into debt to go to grad school. And so I decided I'm not gonna work. But I knew I would just be a, a vegetable all summer, uh, playing video games and, and wasting my life away. And so uh, I decided I'd do something good with my summer. And I decided to go to mass every day and do a holy hour every day. And I would dedicate that time of prayer and and, and the mass to uh, you know for uh, you know for the intentions for the benefit of a friend that I knew at the Newman Center, and then I would also just send him a little message saying what I was doing um, that summer and so Um, So I did that, and again, while I was technically praying about vocations every day during that Holy Hour, because I was using the beautiful, I don't know if you've seen that in any Adoration Chapel, but uh, the beautiful sheet that we have in the St. Louis area Mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, it has the monstrance in the center, and then the prayers around it. So one of those prayers is for vocations, but I wasn't necessarily doing active discernment about whether I should be a priest, Um, but I think through... I, I called the Eucharist my second sign. You know, I'd ask God for a second sign, and I think being in the presence of Jesus for so long um, and also kind of the, what I was doing is praying on behalf of these friends. It kind of brought me back to that fact that I had this tremendous desire to uh, help others in their spiritual life. And so from that desire to help others in their spiritual life, I realized that, like, okay, I need to really seriously explore this call to the priesthood and I knew the seminary was a place for discernment. You know, not everyone who goes into the seminary becomes a priest. Maybe the, the man decides it's not for him. Maybe the diocese decides he's not for them. And so uh, it is, again, it's a place of discernment. It's not a, you know, when you go to seminary, you're not locked into becoming a priest. However, at that time, I had kind of a sinking feeling that I probably would become a priest if I went to seminary. Still, I knew I need to look into it. I say a sinking feeling because at that time, I hadn't really... Uh, reconciled with the idea of celibacy. I I knew that that's what was demanded of a uh, a Latin rite Roman Catholic priest. Uh, By the way, I was talking to some of my friends about this and one of them pointed out, well what you could do is you could switch rites and become a Maronite or one of you know one of (laughs) these other rites within the Catholic Church that have married priests and then then get married and then become a priest. And I, I kind of, you know, kind of shut them up. because I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm pretty sure they're suspicious of people doing that kind of thing. <laughs> and secondly, again, I, I had the sense that God was calling me to one or the other, not somehow to both. Just because I had a desire for both doesn't right. mean that God was calling me to both. Right. Um, so I knew it was something I was trying to decide between. Uh, so anyway, so I had kind of a sinking feeling that I, I, I knew I had to go to seminary. I had kind of a sinking feeling that I was being called to become a priest. Um, so uh, I could have perhaps uh, gone to seminary right away instead of my senior year at Truman, but it would have been kind of rush, rush uh, with the vocation office and the seminary, and and again, I wasn't paying anything for Truman, and I didn't want to kind of just abruptly, you know, have that disconnect from the friends at at Truman, so I thought, well, I'll go ahead and finish my degree. It it might be useful. It hasn't yet. (laughs) I don't know if I have been. Well, it's not quite true. I think it wakes up some kids in high school or grade school when I tell them i have a you know degree in math and physics there's a uh, you know this mind virus kind of thing there's a unhealthy thing in our culture where somehow we think you know that, that faith is somehow opposed to reason when clearly it's not again we have right. a pope who wrote a book called faith and reason and uh, or like again that religion is somehow opposed to science which it's not you know right. so but anyway so but as far that's basically been the only use for it thus far although again life's long who knows maybe i'll uh, end up teaching physics or math at some point. So you teacher. graduated,
0: you got your degree, and then did you decide that I, just well, to just go? Well, I
1: had already decided to enter seminary. I just decided to finish at Truman first. And so, okay. uh, what I did when I went back to seminary, I announced kind of all my friends I'd uh, been applying to seminary. I didn't want there to be any, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say the wrong word, but I didn't, I didn't want there to be any distractions uh, that last year before seminary. I didn't want anyone getting the wrong idea that I was available to date. So I kind of headed that off at the pass, which I think was a good idea. Um, and so um, uh, last senior year at college was great. Again, continued to pray, continued to you know enjoy spending time with friends, uh, learning, finishing off my math and physics degree. But, but again, I was looking forward to actually entering seminary. And um, so uh, that's kind of what I did then. I entered seminary uh, the following year in the fall. And... Um, it was a really good time in seminary. You know, right away, you know that kind of fraternity that I had experienced at the Newman Center among uh, my friends uh, was, you know, it was it was it was very much there in seminary as well. Again, you can imagine uh, all uh, a, a small group of men all devoted to this idea of helping God's people, all discerning the priesthood together all studying the same you know, wonderful philosophy that we had at that time in the pre-theology program and then the theology as well. Uh, you can imagine it really built up. A, you know, There's just a strong community. So it was, it was really a joy to be at seminary. Um, it was a joy to be learning the philosophy. I still struggled for a while. Again, I, I knew the theories about celibacy as a gift, right, not just as some sort of a, you know, penance or imposition that you had to give it up in order to have something else, but as a, as a true calling and a gift that is good for the individual and again not just good for the church that we don't have to worry about you know a priest's family when we need to call him and, and assign him somewhere else but good for the individual to be uh to be uh, kind of putting their whole effort into one thing and that being the building up of the kingdom of heaven so i knew i knew all that about celibacy as a good thing and as a gift and as a great calling from god as a practical matter again i still struggled with that idea of of never getting married again because i knew how good you know marriage could be uh of course obviously i wasn't completely uh, uh oblivious to the difficulties that come with marriage as well but again so, so it was a difficult thing but uh, so but you know even probably at the beginning of seminary it was something i was willing to give up marriage in order to be a priest right? i was willing to make that sacrifice um, but I knew as well that I needed something more than that, that I wouldn't be able to just go through my entire priesthood like, you know, uh, just kind of, uh, I'll be unhappy so everyone else can be happy. No, that, that's not, <laughs> you don't want to solve it like that, right? You don't right. want someone right. who is unhappy in their celibacy but doing it for the benefit of others. You want someone who's happy in their celibacy. So I knew I needed more from God. And slowly through prayer and then, then eventually kind of slowly and then dramatically in prayer, uh, he helped me finally understand celibacy as that proper calling and that proper gift. So I was probably about halfway through seminary then I was excited to become a priest. I wanted to become a priest. I wasn't reluctant at all. And it was just a matter of whether the again the diocese, the seminary, would also think that I would make a good priest. So So you made it,
0: you crossed the finish line. How long have you uh uh, been a priest now, ordained here in the Archdiocese of mm-hmm. St. Louis. Yeah, ordained in 2015. So I've been a priest now for five
1: years, um, and I'm on my third assignment. I was at Saint, uh, or I was, excuse me, I was at Immaculate Conception in Darden Prairie for three years, one year at Assumption in O'Fallon, and now uh, I've finished one year. I'm in my second year at Saint Joseph's
0: in Cottleville. So, how would you uh, put a bow around all this on on being a man on a mission? on where God has brought you today. Uh, could you ever imagine yourself to be as happy as you are, fulfilling, fulfilled uh, along those lines? Well, it's, it's a really good thing to kind of be settled into your vocation,
1: right? Um, it's a really good thing to know how you are to know, love and serve God and be happy with him forever in heaven. Again, that's probably the best thing I've learned in life. I learned uh, in the Baltimore Catechism from grade school, homeschool. You know, who made you? God made me. Why did God make you? To know, love, and serve him, be happy with him forever in heaven. So I knew that. I knew I was on that kind of mission that we are all on, that mission to know, love, and serve God and be happy with him forever in heaven. My parents had given me that mission from a young age. But again, then there's a the question of how are you called to know, love, and serve God? And so uh, it's a great blessing to know here's how I am called to know, love, and serve God as a Catholic priest within the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Um, I will say it's, it's, you know, there's one more hiccup that I noticed that once I kind of got settled into that, I, uh, even our reading today, kind of Jesus is warning us not to be complacent. Once I got settled in my vocation, I think I did become a little complacent. We still need to, even when we know what our vocation is, we got married, okay, then what your vocation is, to be the best husband you can be, be the best father you can be, you got ordained, okay, it's what your vocation is to be the best priest you can be. Um, even if you know that, you still need to be discerning in the sense of, okay, God, how am I going to be the best priest I can be today? How am I going to be the best husband and father I can be today? So that's something I learned, too, is that, like, when you cross the finish line, so to speak, well, you still have your whole life ahead of you. And while it's very comforting to know this is the place that God wants you to serve, uh, this, these are, this is the person or these are the people that God wants you to serve, Uh, You still need to to be listening and responding to God. You're still
0: a young guy. You're just getting started. You're five years in. Uh, Someday you're going to look back. You're going to be celebrating your 25th ordination. And uh, God willing, we'll take you up to maybe even reaching that great milestone of your, yeah, you f- your golden jubilee.
1: That's right, you can check back in 25 and then 50 years from now and see, <laughs> see how my words change about this mission that I'm on. But That's awesome. The key thing is to listen to God and respond to
0: Him. Well, listen, Father, this has just been a treat having you on the program and sharing your journey uh, from your very beginning to where you are today and uh, saying yes to God. Uh, and you're, again, you're just getting started. So you have so much to look forward to, I'm sure you're thinking about that. So before we go, I wonder if I could ask you to uh, give give us all your blessing. Certainly, so let's pray
1: in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift that you have given us of our very lives. We thank you for the gift of faith that you have given us. We ask that you would always lead us more and more into a deeper knowledge and love of you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with
0: you. And with your spirit. May
1: Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, on behalf of uh, everyone here with SJN TV, uh, thank you for tuning in and joining us. Please know that we're praying for you. I'd ask you to please pray for us in our mission to uh, bring more men to this program to share their story so may god bless you and until we see you again take care